Hi everyone! Before we started this episode, we just wanted to give a brief content warning. We're going to be talking about heavy subjects like rape and miscarriages, so if those are things that might be triggering to you or might be upsetting, it may be best for you to not listen to this episode. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. I think Britney Spears is more significant than any U.S. president has ever been or ever will be. Completely agree. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks. Um, Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of State of the Union podcast. I'm your host, Charlie. And I'm Nora. And we're so excited to have you guys here for our third ever episode. And we have a really, really special topic to be talking about today. Um, but before we get into that, we just wanted to give you guys some updates on our life and do just like a quick little ins and outs list. So one of my ins for this week would be, um, it just came out today. It's a new song. It's called Beg For You by Charlie XCX. Just a little, a little song. Just a little song. It's by Charlie XCX and Rina Sawayama. Um, for those of you who are not lucky enough to have heard it already, it's a bop. Definitely would recommend streaming. Absolutely. Pause this podcast right now yes let's 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 do what we did last episode and take a pause so we're going to tell you to pause the the podcast now welcome back um i hope that you enjoyed bag for you by charlie xcx featuring rina sawayama it is the third single for her upcoming album crash which will drop in about a month or so um great song definitely would recommend everyone listen to it um add it to your playlist send it to your friends your teachers your grandparents your loved ones just share it with everyone because it's great and my little addendum to that is another end for my week um so for those of you who don't know who or if you've heard the song the chorus samples a popular song from about 13 years ago called cry for you it's by a swedish singer named uh september and it was a meme on twitter like you'll never see me again was the lyric and it was a meme whatever but it's actually like a mega bop and a great song so Charlie and Rena really are like so insanely like intelligent for thinking of sampling that. So two of my ins for this week are "Beg for You" by Charlie XCX and Rena Sawayama, and also "Cry for You" by September. Honestly, the original is so good. I love it. I loved it when it was you know big on Twitter. I loved it. I love it now. I love the sample. Has their music video dropped yet? No, I think that there's I, like when a, is it gonna drop? I think it's coming out next week. I think Charlie said they were filming it today. Um, I have one out for the week that I think we can both agree on, and then we can get into our topic for the week. Out Jamie Lynn Spears. I wanted to just quickly chat about her on Call Her Daddy. I listened to the episode this week. This was I think it came out like a week ago, the Call Her Daddy episode. I think she's always wanted to be Britney, but also knew how much like I think she always saw what came with Britney's fame but also was like jealous of it at the same time yeah I think Jamie Lynn like I think that a like I'm gonna be bold I think she owes her entire career to Britney Spears I don't think that she would have oh a hundred percent like I don't think she would have been on Zoe one-on-one like I don't think anything for her would have taken off if Britney wasn't already like Britney Spears so like that Obviously, like, I'm sure that she was very jealous of Britney because, like, of course, you would want to be the one that's getting all the praise and attention. But at the same time, like, she's never been, like, supportive of Britney. I think that her, like, jealousy and, like... I don't think it's necessarily jealousy. I think it's more of, like, brainwashing by the devil reincarnated Jamie Spears. It's probably, like, a bit of brainwashing for sure. But, like, I think that somewhere in there, like, if my older sibling was like significantly more famous and recognized than me like I would probably be jealous yeah and, like whether I, yeah. you say it or not like there's gonna be something there so I think on the one hand I'm very torn with Jamie Lynn because I think on the one hand it's like Brittany is truly such an amazing person like deep down in her heart she is a good person deep in your heart great Brittany song deep in your heart <laughs> oh my God. deep in your heart <laughs> <laughs> deep in your heart Deep in Britney's heart. It's deep in my heart. Whatever. Anyway. Deep in my heart. I know that Britney Spears is a good person. And I think that 
I like I don't and I also don't but I also think that Lynn and Jamie are rotted but I kind of think that like Brittany did more to raise Jamie Lynn than Jamie or Lynn honestly because Brittany was like nine years older than Jamie Lynn so she and Jamie Lynn said like on the podcast and just like in her book and stuff like Brittany pretty much raised her like she was like her second mom and I think that when Brittany kind of became famous she sort of left Jamie Lynn behind in a way um and I think that's kind of how Jamie Lynn felt about it for a while that Brittany was kind of changing and she was so little because like when everything was going on with Brittany like she was you know younger than us she was like middle school age like she was like 12 to 15 and then she got pregnant which was really really fucking hard for her because like yeah the the whole world hated her for that like imagine the whole world calling you a whore for having a baby with the sexiest man in kentwood louisiana casey aldridge (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry if i was 16 years old in kentwood louisiana i would get pregnant with casey aldridge's baby yeah i think like of course like when I say Jamie Lynn is out, like, it's coming from a place of, like, overall, like, Jamie Lynn and her actions and, like, the way that she's, like, carried herself throughout her life yes. in relationship to Brittany and, yes. like, the family out. But, like, saying that, like, of course, Jamie Lynn has gone through, like, her fair share of shit. Like, should she have been, like, bashed by the whole world for being pregnant? Like, of course not. Like, right. that's, like, of course, like, that's not something that she should have been, like, criticized for. Like, it happens to people every day I'm sure so it's like right I have sympathy for her in that sense but I do think that like overall like the way that she acts towards Brittany and like the way that she like carries herself in the dynamic of their family and like the enterprise of the Spears family is like weird <laughs> I think that she doesn't I, I think in her public appearances she does not make any distinction between Brittany the person and Brittany the like enterprise absolutely and but at the same time i think that she doesn't remember britney the person at all because she was so young when britney became famous i think that she doesn't remember what britney was like before fame and i think that's truly like heartbreaking because the things that she says about britney it's like she's so close to getting it like she talks about all of her breakdowns you know after she all of these crazy things were happening and like the paparazzi and how much that was affecting her. And she's like so close to getting it, but then she just kind of misses the point yeah, a little bit. And I think that it's because she doesn't remember Brittany before fame. And so I think she has trouble like, and like, I don't know, like having empathy for Brittany in a way. I think that, I think that I agree with what you're saying. I just would phrase it a little bit differently. I think that she probably remembers Britney before public perception of her became negative. Yes. Or maybe she, yeah, she like, she she remembers that, but I don't think she remembers Britney before the fame. Yes, because she was, she's nine years younger than Britney. Which is a lot. (laughs) Hit Me Baby One More Time came out when Britney was 17. Yeah, I want to say. So, Jamie Lynn was eight. Which is like, I mean... And I think if your whole perception of a person changed when you were eight years old, that would completely change the way that you think about them. Well, it's also like at eight years old, like you don't have, you don't know it. Like you can't conceptualize what being famous like on a Britney Spears level means. Like you can understand that like, oh, like my sister has like a popular song. Like she sings that song. But like, like conceptualizing that Britney Spears has millions of fans and millions of people who are interested in literally everything that she does. Like you can't conceptualize that as right. an eight-year-old. I can barely conceptualize it now. And I'm 21. Right. right. So it's like, I think that that kind of skews her vision and like her way of talking about Britney because like, she doesn't know, like she knows who Britney Spears is, but like, she doesn't know like what Britney was before everyone kind of started dictating who she had to be yes and I think that she doesn't remember Brittany being in control of her own life and career which we'll get into we'll we'll get into that um 
But yeah, I, I have sympathy for Jamie Lynn. I think what she's saying about Britney is abhorrent. I can't imagine going against my own sisters like that. I literally mm-hmm. cannot imagine. Um, but at the same time, I think that people are blaming Jamie Lynn for the problems that a man, Jamie Spears. That's true. He's the real created. Villain created um and i don't know i don't know i just i i just think that like jamie lynn is i i think that we have to think about the people who did this to britney and the abusers in britney's life and remember that those same exact people raised jamie lynn yes and so kind of like an awkward transition (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so introduce what we're talking about today i guess this is would you like to or would you like me to I can, uh, yeah yeah okay. go for it so today we are not following the traditional state of the union podcast structure we are talking about a criminally underrated movie crossroads britney spears's film debut came out in 2002 accompanying her album self-titled britney um and yeah, I had seen it, you know, years ago, but famously, it is not available for streaming anywhere. Like, you can't find it on YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, like, literally, like, not even on Amazon. Like, you can't buy it on Amazon to, like, watch it. It's literally nowhere. It is. It's been scrubbed from the internet. It's literally been scrubbed for the internet, from the internet. So the way that we, are wa- we watched this movie last week, the way that we watched it is... Uh, I was in a bidding war for it on eBay. I got a first, like, an original special features copy. It's probably one of the best things I've ever bought. Um, And I have a DVD player. So we watched it on DVD, which is literally the only way to watch it. Um, So I think the main point of this episode does come from a true place of Britney activism because Crossroads is a life-changing movie. Objectively, so I had never seen Crossroads until I watched it with Nora. I think it was almost a week ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was a week ago. Um, I'd never seen it before, but like walking away from it, genuinely, like I love a good movie about like female friendship, but like this movie truly takes like female friendship and like makes it such a like epic tale of like these three women who haven't been friends since they were younger. And it shows them reconnecting and bonding over shared, I don't want to use the word trauma, but like shared experience and shared like um, shared experiences, shared memories, like all of it. It's just such a fantastic movie. Um, Yeah. So so definitely life changing. Yeah. So it's like a coming of age film. Um, it's three girls, Brittany, it's starring Brittany, Zoe Saldana, and Taryn Manning. They were all best, like, childhood best friends, grew up together, and then at some point in high school, they kind of drifted apart, and the plot of the movie takes place right after their high school graduation, and Brittany plays um, Lucy. Lucy is, like, she's, like, the straight-A student. She's kind of dorky. She is a virgin, Um, (laughs) and... You know, she's just kind of like the goody two-shoes girl. Uh, Zoe Saldana is kind of like the head bitch, Regina George kind of character. And then Taryn Manning is uh, kind of like the bum, burnout, pregnant, (laughs) pregnant teen. Yes. So takes place night after they graduate. They they like the beginning of the movie – It's like a little flashback to when they were younger. Young Britney slash Lucy, famously played by Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, They bury this little box of all of their childhood memories. And they say, we're going to dig it up after we graduate high school. So the movie takes place right after their high school, like, graduation dance or whatever. And so Mimi, who is played by Taryn Manning... She wants to go and open the box because she's been looking forward to it since she was a kid. She doesn't remember what's in the box. And she goes and tries to convince uh, Lucy's, Brittany, and Kit, who is Zoe Saldana's character, to open it. But neither of them wants to because they both have different plans. But what ends up happening is that 
um, Zoe Saldana and Britney Spears' plans each end up going kind of differently than they would have hoped, and they all end up digging up this time capsule and finding really precious childhood memories in them. And it kind of, you can see that, like, though they're no longer the friends that they once were, like, they're sharing this experience of, like, reliving their past in such an important moment of graduating high school because, like, that's a major moment in everyone's life Mm -hmm. if you are able to graduate high school. So it's, like, that kind of is the beginnings of them kind of rekindling their friendship. And at the end of this scene, um, Taryn Manning's character asks if they want to, if the two other girls want to go with her on a drive from where they live, I believe it's Georgia, which mm-hmm, is where they live, all the way to California because she is going to California to audition for this like record company and try and get a record deal. So good. So good. Yeah. So at first they both say no, but then, you know, shit happens. Lucy, Britney Spears' character, uh, her mom abandoned her when she was a baby and she decides last minute that she really wants to go meet her and her mom lives in Arizona and she knows that. So she decides to go, Zoe Saldana's character, Kit, wants to go visit her boyfriend who goes to UCLA because he's, you know, kind of an asshole, kind of being shady and she wants to go visit him find out what's up with him um so yeah so they both decide to go just kind of out of the blue they show up and they're they show up in the car to an absolute hunk of a man his character's name is ben and he's this like hot uh somewhat older like he's probably like a year or two out of high school i think yeah um and he is driving the car from georgia to california and immediately you can tell that there's like some kind of like attraction from Mm -hmm him towards Britney Spears. And I think looking at Britney in this movie, first of all, I just want to say Britney's outfits in this movie are incredible. Incredible, truly. She she looks so just like Kentwood chill girl. You know, she's seen in her little sweatpants, no makeup looks, but then she's kind of got her like slutty little clothes when she's performing. It's just like you really get a whole range of Britney's outfits and you really get like a whole range of britney in this film so basically they all meet and they start driving and they realize i don't want to spoil the whole movie but i do think it's important that we tell the plot because it is so hard to find this movie so as they're driving they realize that they don't have a lot of money and they need to figure out a way to get money and so they end up um going to this bar and performing at a karaoke night where like you can win tips and like win cash yeah based on how well people like your performance and so they go and Brittany does a stellar performance of i love rock and roll with oh her two background background singers famously outfit. featured on the britney album yes famously featured on the britney album and in a commercial for pepsi with yes. pink and beyonce and beyonce <laughs> Um, but so Britney sings I Love Rock and Roll and the crowd loves it. They make all the money that they could need and now they can afford, like, their car had to get fixed because, like, they popped a tire and, like, they can afford nice hotels, like, much better than they were doing before. And they're driving and all kind of seems all right for a little while. Yeah. After a few minor blips in the road, but, like, overall, especially after that performance, like, the girls have kind of realized that, like, they drifted apart, but that doesn't mean they can't be friends anymore. And that, that doesn't mean they can't like move forward and be friends. Like they're not defined by like the status of their relationship in the past. Like they can continue to progress as friends. And so like we see them becoming closer and closer as the film progresses. And really the major turning point in the film for me, at least was when they arrive in Arizona uh, to see Brittany's mom. And so the assumption was like Brittany said when she was getting in the car at the very beginning, like I'm only going to Arizona. Like you guys go to California and have your fun. But like once I'm in Arizona, like I'm staying here with my mom. Yeah. So the part that they're in New Orleans is definitely a very pivotal scene. Like after they win all of this money and they kind of bond and it's just, they have so much fun. They're all drinking except for Mimi because she's pregnant and they all kind of like, you know, spill all of their secrets. Like Kit talks about how much pressure she felt from her mom to like lose weight and look hot um and then once she was you know hotter than her mom her mom wouldn't forgive her and she just like was bullied relentlessly by her mother for being beautiful 
Um, so she talks a lot about, you know, Kit, Zoe Saldana's character. She's like very classically beautiful, skinny. And she talks about just like that pressure to feel beautiful, which I think is very you know, relatable for every teenage girl. Um, Brittany, you know, she talks about her mom and her relationship with her dad and kind of how she feels like this whole life has been set up for her because she's so smart and she's going to become a doctor, but like, she's not really sure if that's what she wants to do. Um, and this is where kind of like a really big bombshell is dropped by Mimi, um, who reveals that she was trigger warning, got drunk at like a party and was raped. And that's how she got pregnant. Um, and that I think is really what kind of like brings the girls back together is like realizing, you know, how much their friend probably needed them and they weren't there. And it's honestly like a really heartbreaking moment, I think, for all of them is like when Mimi admits this. But I think that like it is very therapeutic for all of them to kind of realize like they all have these issues and they all have these like traumas and struggles. Um, but they're definitely you know, they're stronger together. I think that in that scene specifically, they're realizing that just because they weren't there for each other in a moment of, like, need or whatever you want to call it, because, like, I'm sure when they were discussing that with Mimi, they thought, like, I wish I could have been for you, like, been there for you in that moment. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think the realization is that, okay, well, I wasn't able to be there for you then, but I can be there for you now. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's kind of, like, where the film progresses to is, like, we may have missed out on being like friends and like being in each other's lives for a couple of years or however long they like weren't super close, but like that doesn't mean we can't be friends now. And like that bond is still there. And I think that that is like a very, I don't know. I think it's a very beautiful moment and I think it's an important lesson for everyone, especially at that age, you know, of like you're Absolutely. graduating high school, you're going to college or moving on or whatever. Um, and you're kind of at this pivotal place in your life where you're not a girl, not yet a woman, um, <laughs> which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. And I think that, like, you kind of have to, like, grow and mature and realize that, like, you're not going to be there for every single moment for your friends. And maybe you'll mess up along the way. But eventually you're you're going to make it through. And all that matters is that you're there when you can be. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's kind of what the whole film is about. It's about how friendship and like like specifically female friendship can really be like such a powerful force for young women or women of all ages like being there for one another is so like much more validating than any kind of other relationship you could have like you can get so much from a romantic relationship with anyone you can get so much from an acquaintanceship but like friendship is really like that's what's always going to be there for you in the end and I think that that this film kind of explores the realization of that a hundred percent especially at such a like true time of like coming of age like i think that a lot of coming of age stories kind of take place around for like 13 14 but i think that coming of age around 18 graduating high school i think it's honestly much more realistic right like i can think about all of the drama that like the saga of drama that happened the week that I graduated high school mm-hmm. you know like a lot happens and I yeah. think a lot happens in your mind when you're preparing for that transition and like it is such a big transition of like you know you're not a child anymore you're not in school but you're not yet you're not an adult yet you're not an adult it's like such a weird in-between space and I think that this movie really accurately but also like in a way that's entertaining portrays that yeah and that's why i think it's a great movie yeah definitely so so they're on this road trip they get to arizona Brittany meets her mom famously played by kim cattrall yeah from sex in the city (laughs) which i love i love and the little like backstory about that is that Brittany said Brittany asked if kim cattrall could be in this movie um like she reached out she was like i love sex in the city it's one of my favorite shows and I really want Kim Cattrall to play my mom. And Kim Cattrall was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll p- play There's Brittany's like, mom. She was talking to her co-stars in Sex and the City about like, oh, like they, like Britney Spears reached out to me to like be her mom in this movie. Like, should I do it? And they were like, yes, it's Britney Spears. Like, why would you right. say no? Right. Why would you say no? <laughs> so cute. I love it. I love, oh, I love it so much. Yeah. So she meets her mom. 
And her mom is basically like... Spoiler warning. If you really don't want to be spoiled about this movie, like, don't listen to this part. If you believe that you have access to watching Crossroads in the next two weeks... Like, don't listen to this. Yeah. But we've given you very fair enough warning now. (laughs) So we're going to continue. Yeah. So she meets her mom um, and... It's, it's really not what she hoped for. Basically, her mom has this whole new family. She left her and started a whole new life. And she said that, like, her dad had, Brittany's dad had, like, forced her to have her. And she just couldn't do it anymore. And so she, like, ran away. And so that obviously is, like, a horrible moment for Brittany because she realizes that the story that her dad told her about her mom just abandoning them wasn't entirely true. And... Of course, in that moment, she must have felt awful. And so she goes back to her friends who are still in the town who had told her that they were going to be staying in the town overnight. Oh, and Can I just say, I love the part where they drop her off and they're like, oh, you know, call us if you need anything. And she's like, oh, I don't want you guys to like, you know, come back for me. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're just staying for a night. Like, of course you would stay. Mm-hmm. Like that part really, like that really it shows... warmed my heart. It warmed my heart. It's heartwarming it. because it shows you that like the friendship has progressed to a point where like they don't want to leave until they make sure that she's okay. Yeah. Which is truly like, that is a very like hallmark thing for a, a strong friendship. Like just making like simple, like making sure that your friend is okay. You know? Right. So right. she goes back to her friends and of course, like they, are there for her and supporting her in this time, which is like awful. Like finding out that your mother like didn't want to be in a family oh with your dad and you're like, that's awful. And Brittany decides that she's going to go to California with them and just why not finish out the rest of the, the ride. So following this whole saga in Arizona, Brittany decides to go with the friends and Ben to LA where they're going to audition for or where Mimi has planned to audition for this record company and so when they get to LA they have some time um Lucy Brittany and Ben decide to stay back at the hotel while Mimi and Kit go to explore LA sightsee whatever and this is the moment where um Ben and Lucy really connect romantically and physically they um Trigger warning, they have sex, and <laughs> the whole concept... Brittany loses her virginity. Yes, she loses her virginity, and, like, it's just kind of, like, the scene of Brittany and Ben having sex is, like, so interesting to think about, considering Brittany's public perception at the time, because, like, this was 2002, so it mm-hmm. was about... She was probably, like, 20 when this came out, so, 19. like, 19. So she's still extremely young, and, like... Mm-hmm everything that she does is being looked at under like a microscopic lens. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that she decided to use her platform to not only like show like sex in a positive way, but like to show to like normalize, like normalize is such an annoying word now, but like to like normalize like the kind of idea that like women and like women who are 19 have sex like that's not like a a normal thing yeah so it's like the fact that she decided to use her platform to do that is significant and i think it's really cool and the way that they did did it in the movie was like in my opinion it was really well done and it was like really like it was like uh it was like romantic but at the same time it was sexual so it Mm -hmm. was like it was just a cool depiction of that and so like that's happening but at the on the other side kit and mimi are sightseeing and they've borrowed uh ben's car which ben has given them permission to so like character development and they go to um instead of going sightseeing they go to uh kit's boyfriend's dorm at ucla because she had had a phone call with him and he was saying like oh i'm busy with finals and all this and she's just like not buying it and so she goes to the dorm and they open the door and uh they see her boyfriend with another woman and of course that's awful because her and her boyfriend i'm not sure if we said it yet but like they're engaged like Mm -hmm. like this is like a really serious relationship and so of course kit is extremely upset but what's more or not more telling but like what's also happening at this time is that mimi's kind of backed off at this point and it's kind of clicking in kit's mind as well as me and mimi's mind and dylan dylan the boyfriend's mind that this uh boy that was kit's boyfriend 
no longer anymore, obviously, since she knows that he's cheating. Um, he was the man who raped um, Mimi and who mm-hmm. is the reason that she's pregnant. And so, obviously, like, once Kit realizes this, she's like, are you serious? Like, did you really do this to my best friend? And he's, like, kind of, like, standoffish about it and eventually ends up admitting and she slaps him across the face, as she should. As she should. And then Mimi starts running away. And another trigger warning, just because, like, this is, like, graphic and kind of, like, upsetting. But Mimi ends up falling down the stairs as she's running away. And they go to the hospital. And it ends up that she has lost the baby that she's been carrying. And it's really heartbreaking for a lot of reasons. Because, obviously, like, it's heartbreaking to see any woman go through something like that. But it's been talked about up to this point how Mimi had come to terms with the fact that she was going to have this baby and had decided quietly for herself that like maybe this could be a good thing for her and that she could be a good mother. And so seeing this loss in such a frank and like blunt way is like heartbreaking. And so like, I was shocked when I first saw it because I I didn't like, it's just like it's not something you would expect if somebody told you that you were going to watch a movie that was like with Britney Spears. Like mm-hmm. this, it's just such like a raw portrayal of like this in- ho- like horrible loss that Mimi has gone through. And the really like striking thing about it is that w- simultaneously, of course, Mimi's going through this loss and it's like awful for her. But Kit has just lost her boyfriend. She's lost her fiance. Mm-hmm. She's realized that she was dating someone who did this to her friend like it's a lot for her and they kind of like like kit apologized she's like i'm sorry that i'm being like i feel so sad like he's awful but like they mimi's like no it's like it's okay and they kind right. of just hold and, each other right and mimi says like i'm gonna be fine i want to be here for you and kit's like crying to her in this hospital bed and it's such a sad but like beautiful moment of the movie because they both want to be there for each other so bad but they're both also going through something that's so heartbreaking and in different ways but caused by the same man yeah and kit feels you know a combination of sad for herself and guilty for you know like being mean to mimi earlier you know, in the film and stuff. Like, she's mean to Mimi earlier on. Um, and she feels, you know, guilty for even dating this boy to begin with. But she's also sad for her friend for losing her baby because that's a really sad and traumatizing thing to go through. Um, and, you know, sad that she lost her fiancé, you know, like, that she was really in love with. And I think that that's, like, a very heartwarming and really sad scene with these two girls kind of going through the same not the same heartbreak they're going through very different heartbreaks but they're very much there for each other because they really care about each other they really love each other um and they they at the end of the day they just you know they want to be there for each other yeah so following this scene um obviously Mimi's in no condition to be able to audition for this uh, record label. And so she urges Lucy, Brittany's character, to do it for her. And uh, the whole movie's kind of been leading up to this point where, I mean, the very first scene of the movie is Brittany dancing alone in her room to Madonna and singing. Um, and then her music teacher is asking her if she's pursuing music and she performs at the bar with her two friends singing I Love Rock and Roll. Like, it's just like the movie is building up to Brittany realizing her passion for singing. And so Brittany decides that she's going to do it, but her father has come to California to bring her home because he's obviously worried about her. And like Brittany's called him a couple times. And so she's accepted that she's going to go back, but then she realizes that up to this point in her life, she's done everything she could to please her father. She's stayed in instead of seeing her friends and gotten just good grades and like, promised to be a doctor she's going to go to medical school even though that's not something that she really wants to do and she decides you know what I'm going to do something for myself and I'm going to stay here and I'm going to audition and so she leaves the car she goes to Ben and they like kiss and stuff it's cute 
And then they go to the audition. All of them come. Her dad comes. Her friends come. Her friends are singing backup. Ben is playing the drums, I believe. And she sings her song, I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, which is featured on her album, Britney. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful performance of a song that really, like, if you've never heard it before, strongly suggest go listen to it. Pause. Pause. Let's pause right now. You're going to pause the podcast. Go listen, listen to I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet yeah. a Woman. And really soak in the, the main lyrics, themes, listen, listen the to concepts, them. and understand that Crossroads, the film, was kind of based around this song which i think is very like apparent i mean throughout the movie but also like at the end of the movie you know it really like cinches it in her dad is in the audience watching her she's like auditioning for this big record company they all give her a standing ovation she does a phenomenal job and we're kind of left with that like we don't know what comes of it she says she wants to stay in la with ben because he wants to stay in la um, he's like a singer, songwriter. Um, but we don't really know what comes of it, you know? And I think that the reason why that that's done or why that's done is because it's the movie's not about the future. Mm-hmm. It's about the present. And mm-hmm. that is kind of exemplified at the very ending scene, which the girls take that box that we see them um, burying at the very beginning as children, and they bury it on a beach in LA with nothing in it. And... The reasoning is that they don't want to think about the future or worry about that. They want to worry about where they are right now. And they want to focus on their friendship and relationship now because who knows what life's going to be like in five years, 10 years, whatever. So that decision of theirs is significant. And I think that the choice to not reveal whether Brittany got the record contract, whether she didn't, I think it is very in line with that philosophy because it's not about what happens later on. It's about Britney decided to audition for that record company because it was something she wanted to do. Whether she gets it or not, she did what she wanted to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she kind of stood up to her dad and said, you know, I love you and I love everything that you've done for me, but, you know, I want to make my own decisions and this is what I really want. This is my passion. And this is what I want to do with my life and I'm really fucking good at it. And I think it's a really beautiful, like, moment of... Britney's agency I think it really shows you know I'm gonna like cry talking about this movie because it makes me so emotional especially when we get into like the later scenes I get so fucking emotional talking about this but like it really shows like how much agency she had and how much like passion Britney herself had for singing and songwriting but also just like how you know how much fun yeah. How much fun she wanted to have. And like, I mean, she, she wanted to enjoy her life. She did. And she kind of says, like, I, you know, I studied so hard. I missed all these parties. I didn't get to hang out with my friends because I wanted to make you happy. She's saying this to her dad. Like, she wanted to be a doctor and she wanted to do really well in school. But that's not really what she wanted. You know, like, what she really loves is performing. And she also you know, wanted to have some fun with the girlies, which is important. Of course. As important. I think that, like, the female friendship and just, like, the aspect of friendship is more important than finding your passion. And I think that's so rare for truly any movie to really show just, like, how important interpersonal bonds and you know bonds between women are Mm -hmm. and that kind of being like the central message instead of just like follow your dreams or whatever something vague yeah so that is in a long nutshell the (laughs) fantastic piece of art that is crossroads crossroads is and forever will be in uh truly like top five greatest movies i've ever seen in my life and so now we're going to like dive into like some of the behind the scenes things that we were able to see because we got the DVD. Um, and obviously DVDs come with a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of bloopers, a lot of interviews, like all of that. So would you like to talk about some of them? Yeah. So the movie was uh, directed by Tamara Davis. Uh, she did a lot of like feminist movies back in the day. Did a lot of, she's done a lot of movies with, uh, drew barrymore i believe she was somehow involved in charlie's angels 
Um, we're going to have to fact check this. Also check. produced by Shonda Rhimes, uh, famous from- We all know Shonda Rhimes. We all know Shonda Rhimes. Don't even need to say it. Yeah, so she went to Tamara and Shonda and was like, hey, I really want to do a movie. Um, I want it to be, you know, about female friendship and I want it to be about my song, I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. And they kind of created this plot around it. And, you know, they kind of went back to her and were like, okay, what do you think about this? And she was like, no, I kind of want to make it a little more realistic. And so she kind of involves a lot of aspects from her real life, you know, being a singer, songwriter, talented girl from the South, really, a you know, girl's girl. I think that Lucy very much resembles Brittany in terms of her, you know, she's a girl's girl. Yeah. And she has this passion. But I think Lucy, Lucy's a little dorky. Yeah. And she's a little bit naive. And I don't think Brittany, as we've known her, was ever naive. No. I think Brittany, especially like just, I, I mean, always, she's always known what she wants. And she's, before she was like forcibly silenced by like the conservatorship, mm-hmm. she was always very vocal about who she was, what she stood for, what she believed in, all of that. Like, she was never shy about anything, as she shouldn't be. And she just kind of, like, wanted to make a movie that was about how female friendship is a significant force in a lot of people's life. Mm-hmm. lives. <laughs> and she also, she was 19 at the time when the movie was She was so filmed. young. She was <laughs> so young. And she really wanted it to be about this really important, like, transitional period in life of being you know graduating high school and becoming kind of an adult but not not a girl not not yet a woman woman. (laughs) (laughs) and so like Brittany talks about in a bunch of interviews like how much fun she had record or filming this movie and like how it was like some of the best times of her life and um in one of the interviews she's talked about how like it was so it's kind of a debated fact because on Wikipedia it says that they filmed for six months, but Britney in one of the interviews says three months. And I tend to believe Britney Spears over Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say three months, but she said that those were the three like happiest months of her life for like that she had had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that she just really enjoyed being able to like do something new with people who were like, so like helpful and so supportive of her in cause she had never done a movie before. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is something completely new to her. And they, she talked about how like they helped her through this process and made it such an enjoyable experience for her and how close she was able to get with um, Zoe Saldana and um, Taryn Manning, I believe. Isn't that her name? Taryn. Yeah. Taryn. Yeah. And they're all so like in all of the little behind the scenes interviews and just given like what they've said. I mean, both Taryn and Zoe have spoken out since Britney has, like, publicly made her statements about the conservatorship. But, like, even in those interviews, you can see that they all really became such I believe they good said, friends. I believe that they said it. Like, you would never think that these three people would be friends. But, like, mm-hmm. once they got to know each other, they were, like, they became really close really quickly. And they talk about, oh, the scene where they're in New Orleans and they're, like, pillow fighting. Um, they had to, like, cut, like, half that scene out because the girls, they couldn't stop laughing. Like, they would just always have so much fun on set. And, like, Brittany, even to this day, says, like, this is the most fun that she's, like, ever had in her career. And I totally believe it because, like, this movie just seems like so much fun. Like, I just want to go on a road trip with Brittany and sing, man, I'm a woman. Man, I feel like a woman. Man, I feel like a woman. (laughs) Like, I just want to, I just want to. Thanks, Shania Twain. Thanks, Shania. I just want to, like, Jam with the girlies to Shania right. and Madonna right. um, in a man's car with these girlies. And this was, like, such a predominantly female set. Even, like, Ben and Dan Aykroyd, who plays Britney's father, they both talk about that. Like, I think they were pretty much the only two. Yeah, it was, like, literally an all-female set, basically. Like, she was just kind of surrounded by her girls and it's so cute just like to see the behind the scenes and just like how much they all really bonded and how much everyone really loves like how much they all loved Brittany like they all kind of said like oh we were a little bit intimidated by her but we really wanted to do this movie because you know it's Britney Spears why wouldn't you do a movie of with Britney not. Spears um and then when they met her they're like oh my gosh she's like the coolest and most fun girl ever 
And she is. She, she literally is. is. Like, ugh, she's just such a girl's girl. She talks a lot about, like, everyone kind of says a lot of really sweet things about Britney. They kind of talk about how close they all got. Um, I think that's something that is, like, just really important to talk about, I guess, is how much control Britney had over this movie and, like, the plot and stuff. Because she, again, did go to... Shonda and Tamara and say like this is what I want the movie to be about um and she I think she really brought in a lot of her like real life experiences and brought them into this movie and I think it's like really I think they deal with a lot of really heavy intense subjects but subjects that are relevant to you know 18 19 year old girls definitely like it's not unrealistic that these girls would be experiencing these things at that age you know I think it's like a good showcase of kind of like the range of experiences and I think that also it just like I I think that it is so genuinely Britney at that time um it just it really shows like how just down to earth and like how cool she was then and still is always will be and really always will be yeah so one of my favorite things about this movie is that i'm not sure i'm sure a lot of people know what this is but the bechtel test like (laughs) this so the bechtel test uh if you don't know is this like it was made as a joke our listeners should know but like if you don't it was this test that's made as a joke but like it kind of is like interesting to see what movies pass and don't and it's if a movie has more than two conversations between two women where they talk about something other than a man, mm-hmm. it passes the Bechtel test. This movie does not pass the reverse Bechtel test. So there's no conversations between men about anything other than women. And you know what? As, as there shouldn't as there as shouldn't be. be. <laughs> Straight up there are not there are not two conversations between two men in this entire all. movie. In this entire movie. Um and I love that. I love that. Like, there are two male characters, and they don't speak to each other. It's true. At all. And I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, in an interview, he's talking about Britney. She's so sweet, or whatever. And he, you know, he wants to fuck her. I don't know if Britney, you know, necessarily felt the same way. Maybe they banged. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But, like, anyone would be in love with Britney Spears. But, yeah, nominated for eight Razzies. And uh, if you don't know what the Razzies are, it's short for the Golden Raspberry Awards. It was an award show created um, in the 80s to honor movies that were deemed by the public as bad. And it was actually created, funny enough, because of one of my favorite movies and a movie that I would say falls into a similar category as Crossroads in the Mm -hmm. sense of movies that were disrespected when they first came out. But retrospectively, people can see the merit in them. Uh, Xanadu which came out in 1981 and starring Olivia Newton John, a star. And the, they created this golden raspberry awards um, institution because they thought it was funny to use the tagline. Well, Xanadu's not going to win any other awards. So we might as well make an award show where we can honor it for being the worst movie ever. Yeah. And so that's why this hater institution was created. Yeah. But you know what I, I think deserves a Razzie? What? Uh, I don't know. Every single movie that Harvey Weinstein put out. Or Tarantino. <laughs> All deserve Razzie. Oh, have Razzies. you ever seen like a war movie? Razzie. 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 Give it to it. Razzie behavior. Like, let's talk about it. Like, let's if, talk about it. Like, if they're going to say that, <laughs> like, if, if mainstream critics are going to say that, like, Crossroads is a bad movie. Okay, let's talk about it. Saving Private Ryan, bad movie. Bad movie! <laughs> bad movie. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if it's amazing reviewed. Bad movie. Bad movie. It sucks. It was upsetting. Matthew Broderick, not hot. So if you don't like that we're saying that, think about how we feel when people say that Crossroads is a bad movie. Right. Think about how we feel. And also think about the fact that you are a misogynist. And wrong. And wrong! <laughs> yeah, we will probably have to do a whole episode on Xanadu at some point. At some point. Just watch we it. We will. We will. Um, you should watch it just in preparation. In preparation. But funny enough, similarly to Crossroads, it's not on any streaming platform. The no, only it's on way- Amazon. But you have to buy it. You have to rent it. True. But still, but still, you have to pay. But a lot of movies you have to pay. You shouldn't have to pay to watch it. You should not have to pay to watch it. But it is excessive. Like, you can physically watch it without 
investing in a full-on DVD, DVD player. And DVD player. <laughs> well, the lengths that I had to go to to watch this fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> so um, Razzie's out. Um, Razzie's are so out. War- like, just like, like, shut up. Like, let people enjoy things. Literally, let people enjoy things. Okay. And I say that after hating on Saving Private Ryan, but I don't care. You shouldn't be enjoying war. I'm sorry. Why are you enjoying war? It's not fun. Agree. Anyway, back to Crossroads. <sighs> okay. So now we're going to get into just some of the... Some some reviews that I believe were written by people who deserve to go to prison. Like, federal prison like guantanamo like guantanamo. <laughs> like tried for treason like these people are straight up going to hell um so here is a movie which i just want to this is like you mean a review review yeah. Aus- from the austin chronicles i just want to refer to the fact that they i just want to sorry i just want to mention the fact that they refer to uh mimi as preggers weird in a published article article that just tells me that they're misogynists and hate women, like, yeah. from the start. Yeah. Um. So, this one, they say that the movie is about teen trifle, quote-unquote. If you watch the movie, you would know that that's not true. <laughs> I would not consider anything in this movie to be teen trifle. I would say it is about teenagers, but I wouldn't consider these to be... Trifles. Trifles, or irrelevant issues that nobody should care about. Like, if you consider, like all of this to be a trifle like what do you consider to be serious because like right i don't want to know <laughs> right so review from loser stephen holding of the failing new york times uh he says watching ms spears sing dance and act can leave you wondering what is meant nowadays of the concept of talent I Which just, is, yeah, i like cannot believe that someone would say that about britney spears to begin with because like she's proven just by existing and by being the star that she is, that she has talent. Like, I don't care if you like her music or not. Objectively, Britney Spears is a talented person. For the past 20 plus years, she has done, that woman has done nothing but entertain us in every single aspect of life. And And all that the mainstream media has done is fail her. Like she has is literally bully her. It's bullying. Like bully her. Like you don't have to like the movie. Like it doesn't have to be your favorite movie of all time. But like saying that she has no talent is just like objectively wrong and just so disrespectful. Because like, what talent do you have? Like you're writing a, a hateful article. Is that a talent? Like I don't get it. Literally, and it's like what? Like Britney did more in that movie than. The New York Times has ever done. Britney did more for women than the New York Times has ever done. I can think of at least like 30 different Britney Spears songs off the top of my head, but I can't think of any New York Times articles. Right. Can you, what does the New York Times put out that has been relevant? Other than like like the mini crosswords. Right. (laughs) Right. What have they done? What have they done? What have they, what has the New York Times done for women? Like nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Negative. Negative. Because they hate women and this, article i also want to say i did a little deep dive on stephen holden who is a old white man he is literally 80 years old so he would have been about 60 when this movie came out so a i don't think crossroads was made for 60 year old men so why the fuck are you writing a review about a movie made for teenage girls who love britney spears like we can say that like we don't like saving private ryan and like i guess it's like similar because like no it is not similar but no but like listen because like (laughs) i like because like i'm sure that there are people out there who do enjoy that movie and i'm not trying to like disrespect i say that like well that's why we're different pause pause i think if you enjoy watching war movies you are sick in the head and you should get a therapist and go on heavy medication because there is something deeply, deeply wrong with you that with the fact that you are entertained by watching men go to war, that is fucked up. Okay. Get a life. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Saving Private Ryan is a bad movie and did not deserve anything. Okay. I'll, I agree with you, but I'm still going to make my point, which is that it's like, I understand that like, there are certain there are movies made for certain like demographics like this movie was not made for 60 year old white men like this was not made for old men so like 
him being the reviewer of this automatically should have been a red flag to anybody who read that article because it's like what is a 60 year old man going to get out of a movie made for and by like 19 to 20 something year old girls like Zoe Saldana um Taryn Manning and Britney Spears all were like in their late teens early 20s when this movie came out yeah like what do you as a 60 year old man like what authority do you have to comment on their work like you don't see you don't see them judging your shitty articles exactly even though they should but like they should kill him (laughs) (laughs) i think that i think that it's just like i don't know i hate it when things like this happen because it's like they're like the new york times allowed this person to use their massive platform because a lot of people do read the new york times like it's just like apparently people like, allegedly allegedly but so like i just think it's a disservice to like a lot of people out there because it's kind of just reinforcing the idea that like movies like this are just like throw them away chick flicks like no like there's a lot of things that you can get out of this movie and there's a lot of things that are like really like important and progressive and like uh, like good to watch about this movie like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of positives but you're going to overshadow that because you're going to let the opinion of a 60 year old man on a movie made for and pretty much by teenagers and like 20 somethings right women you're gonna let that dictate the view that the public has on it right and you know what six-year-old men are not the arbiters of taste no 19 year old girls and gays are they are think about everything you see on the internet and in the media that you enjoy it is not made by the six-year-old men especially in this day and age you know like Britney would not be the talented, successful star that she is and always has been if she were not a beautiful, you know, young girl. Because and talented. And talented. Like, and what talent does the Stephen Holden have other than none. being hateful? No, none. <laughs> Literally none. <laughs> like, could he get up on the stage and sing, I'm not a girl yet, not a woman? No. 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 So why should I care what he says? Why should I respect him? I don't respect him. I don't. Him. <laughs> He'd be in hell. He will. He will rot in hell. I also think that in the hindsight of 2022 and where we're at in our collective understanding and knowledge of Britney Spears, I think this is something that's like deeply bothered me for a very long time. Mostly just the past few months since the failing New York Times made their bullshit little Hulu documentary about Britney Spears, which I just want to say, if you watched that and learned any new information you have not been paying attention and you are you probably I don't know, hate women like I sat down and watched that and I was like okay tell me something I don't know right like we all knew at that point that Britney had been in a conservatorship she had no fucking rights and her family was profiting off of her while she was being abused and her life was being destroyed yeah right Absolutely. And it's I think like, that, yeah. Yeah. Continue. And I think that in the hindsight of 2022, especially and like watching something like Crossroads, I think that it is so important to watch a moment in time where Britney had so much agency. This is a time capsule. This like, is a time capsule. And this is like, I think now everyone's so obsessed with like, what's she going to say? When's she going to go on Oprah or whatever? And it's like, Crossroads was what she had to say. Like, we, Britney owes us nothing. Nothing. Like, she spent the first, she spent her entire career giving everybody all that they could possibly want. She released, like. More. More than we could ever fucking want. She released, like, I don't even, like, nine albums. Nine albums. Countless singles. Countless music videos. She went on tours. She did residencies. She did interviews. She did, like, TV performances. Like, she did literally everything in the textbook for a pop star. And people are still expecting after that she finally gets her rights back that she, oh, like, let's do a tell-all Oprah interview. Let's get another album, like, all this. And it's like, of course, like, of course, as a Britney fan, I would love to watch an interview of her. I would love to listen to an album. But it's like, I don't feel like she owes us anything. I don't expect anything from her. Because honestly, if I was in her position and I was freed after almost, like, 15 years of being under the shackles of my family and my management... I wouldn't want to do anything. I wouldn't want they to. Forced her to rec- they forced shit. her to record Circus. They forced her to record Femme Fatale, the Britney they Jean, wouldn't let her record, Glory. They wouldn't let her record, put out original doll. They made was her the do only like fucking thing she ever wanted to do. They made her do numerous residencies, like all of this stuff, and it's like, it's like, I, of course, appreciate all of the things that she's done 
in and out of the conservatorship because she's a phenomenal artist, phenomenal person, phenomenal woman. Like she's amazing. But I also am just frank and can see like this woman's been through hell. She deserves a break. And if that's what she wants, let's let her rest. Like why do people still feel as if they can speak on Britney Spears and say anything other than this woman has been through hell. Let's let her decide what Leave she wants to do. Leave Britney alone. Literally. Like, Leave Britney alone. Right. That's the message of this. <laughs> Watch Crossroads. Justice for Crossroads. You and, know, if there's anything that I do want out of this new Britney Spears momentum, it is justice for fucking Crossroads. Britney has done so much. And you people, as Kara Crocker once said, just want more, more, more. And you know what? Britney has given us more than enough. So if you want more Britney, watch a, Crossroads. Watch Crossroads. I bet you've never seen it. I bet you never seen it. B, listen to Original Doll, the album that her studio tried to prevent her from releasing. We'll link some of the songs in our We will. Instagram. And we'll do a whole episode on Original Doll. Of course. We will yeah. have to. Um, but yeah, I guess my like my biggest like overall thoughts on just everything going on with Britney now is I think that we're really starting to I think the public is finally starting to understand what us gays on Twitter have known for a long time which is that we have been told a lie that Britney Spears is mentally ill when in reality she has been used and abused by her family by the industry by the media and by the public for over two decades and that is why she is the way that she is. And now that she's finally been given the freedom that she should never have lost in the first place, it is literally no one but her right to tell her what she should do. My opinions of Britney have really always been like positive, I guess. Same. I think like really my my opinions on Britney were either about her music or, you know, just like the little ins and outs of her drama, which I obviously, you know, I'm I'm a girl. I love drama. Um, and then, you know, the free Britney stuff, I think when it started back in like 2018, I think that's like kind of my first like real understanding of Britney. But I think it also is kind of like a big insight into all of the abuse and corruption in the music industry. Like, yeah, we treat female artists who contribute so much, who give us everything. And we treat them like shit. Like Britney Spears is a human being who has gone through a lot of things that other human beings go through, but she had to do it in front of billions of people because her name was on every newspaper. And she has gone through things that like no other human being has ever gone through, nor that we can even like fathom. And so I feel like the moral of this story is that Britney Spears is the prime example of someone who has been wronged by the entertainment industry. And it's it's great to see that people are finally starting to recognize the ways that she's been mistreated and like are and it's great that she's finally been given this freedom from her conservatorship and from her abusive family and management. But at the same time, it's like it's not just Britney. And it, there's so mm-hmm. much more that we need to talk about. So mm-hmm. many other stars who've been wronged and so many other women who have been the victims of the music industry mm-hmm. i think that like why crossroads is so like important to people and like to us is not only because it's like a really enjoyable movie but because it shows britney spears in just such a pure like raw state of like happiness and like humanity mm-hmm. like it really humanized her and i think that for anyone who wants to see Britney Spears in what a lot of people would consider her prime, mm-hmm. just in like a, like she's just being a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And we never got to see her be just a teenage girl because no. she was always expected to do so much more than that. And I think Crossroads is a really unique opportunity for people to like see this like more, what we would say like normal side of mm-hmm. Britney because her upbringing was anything but normal as mm-hmm. a star. So that's, that's really like what the main idea and like the main purpose of watching crossroads other than that it's a great movie is and if at all possible i would urge anyone who can watch it to watch it i think we'll have to like illegally record it somehow i would never do anything illegal (laughs) 
maybe potentially make Crossroads accessible to the public if we we'll can try. figure out how to pirate a video. But I, I, I think that like, you know, Free Britney has done so much, and I think we, the public, has come a long way in their understanding of Britney that. Uh, most of us gay people have been, you know, in tune with for the past, I don't know, two, three years. Um, And I think what's really important now is that Crossroads gets the justice that it deserves because it is a phenomenal movie. It is an incredible look into Britney's career. Um, And I just, I think there's a lot of really important lessons like even if this movie was not starring Britney Spears I think it would still be a phenomenal movie but I think because Britney is in it and had so much control over it and the main message is based off of such an important song both for her and you know for us um I think it makes it even better like I think it really only elevates the film as a whole um, I really justice for crossroads. Oh my god, justice for crossroads. Getting emotional. With that being said, <laughs> thank you all for listening to our extensive episode about crossroads. Um, we'll definitely link some of our favorite songs from the movie, some of our favorite moments. Um, and if you can find a way to watch this, like definitely would recommend it. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of yeah State of the Union. Please tweet hulu and netflix and amazon uh hashtag justice hashtag justice for crossroads um i think this is like our new movement um i i think if you guys enjoy this episode this kind of like style off the off the beaten path you know a little different from our normal style let us know we really do because we are really we really like we like to deep dive into things and we also really like we we appreciate female pop stars for everything that they've given us absolutely and we're female pop star truthers we are female pop stars. we love girl pop so if there's anything you guys want us to talk about if you like this kind of like format if there's like if you hate it tell us actually actually no you're wrong you're wrong we're always right we're always right because we're always right and we like this you will like it we do have a couple of like movies slash book slash album uh topics to talk about coming up um i think we're gonna have some tell us your guesses like let's, some guesses let's uh the next the next one that we're planning on doing is a similar theme to crossroads in terms of like significance i guess and we'll leave you on that note we'll leave you on that note thank you for so much for listening thanks guys bye bye